before we get started today, we wanted to talk a little bit about what had occurred last week. And um, uh, Jack Shawnig, of course, lost his life in State College. And it's just a tragedy you don't like to see as a, you know, as a fan of the sport of high school hockey. I am I call myself a fan first and foremost. It's hard to say, you know, because everybody wants to say you're journalist, media. No, I'm a fan of the sport first and foremost, which is what keeps bringing me back. And it's always a tragedy whenever something like this strikes a young man. And my condolences to the family, friends, all of the teammates, and everybody at the PIHL that is affected by this tragedy uh, that occurred in State College last week. And um, our hearts are there for you from the Pittsburgh Hockey Digest family. And, you know, Godspeed to Jack. And we hope that, you know, that the community can come together in this time and create and, you know, <laughs> come around them and just rise up with the Cathedral Prep family. Um, once again, hearts are with all of you. Thank you all for um, what you guys do for bringing the community together. If that's for anybody that has that opportunity. So thanks again, guys. And we're going to get into the PhD podcast momentarily. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode number six of the Pittsburgh Hockey Digest podcast. My name is Mitch. I'll be taking you throughout the week that was in the hashtag Berg Hockey world. You can find me on Twitter at PhD underscore Mitch. You can find the website at berghockey.com on Twitter at PGH Hockey Digest. And it's the same for Instagram, for SoundCloud, for Facebook, all those fun places you'll be able to find us. And we'll be able to get you through everything the week that was. We've got a new segment with Matt Mamros that is going to be debuting today. It is called Around the Region with Matt Mamros. He's going to talk to us about all the local teams that have played in the last week. Places where he's been. Places that he's seen. And things like that going on in the world of Berg Hockey. I've got a couple things that I want to talk about. Next weekend, of course, I have a big tournament up in Erie for Broomball. So I'm going to try to get somebody in on the show for that this week. I'm not 100% sure I'm going to be able to do that by the end of the broadcast. But we'll see what we can do with that. The, uh, Of course, a couple things of note going on with our local squads, our PIHL squads and everything for the majority of the show, which we're going to open with right now. This week we're going to start in double A where we're going to talk about a couple small things. I'm going to try to give you a feature before the features in every division at this point going forward. And uh, this week we talk about the West A Indians. Of course, I seem like I talk about them a lot, but this week they've uh, they've definitely earned a little bit of that this, this week. Uh, last two Mondays they have played, and I'm going to be catching up two weeks, of course, here from not recording last week. Uh, won 7-2 over Montour and 11-2 over Armstrong. And right now, that's 18 goals in the two games in Week 3 and Week 4. Tyler Howcroft had four goals. Uh, Nick Sweet has goals in all of his games this season. And Nick Bandai has nine points right now. Uh, Of course, tied with Sweet. And they were 3-1 on the season, so the team to watch this week. But they're still trailing Baldwin in that division, 4-0 are the Highlanders. And the Fighting Highlanders, of course, have that 5-1 victory over the West A Indians at the RMU Island Sports Center on October 7th. So that's one team to look at. Um, scores from that, from la- the last two weeks we look at, um, going through them real quick, we're going to be looking at Monday, October 14th, through Thursday, October 24th, inclusive. Meadville defeating Moon 6-4 at the Barrel Ice Complex. Montour losing to West Allegheny 7-2 at the RMU Island Sports Center. Plum defeats Armstrong 4-1 at Pittsburgh Ice. Mars shuts out Quaker Valley 4-0 at Barrel Ice Complex. Quaker Valley was a home team for that matchup. 
Daniel Mitchell with the shutout. Baldwin defeated South Fayette 6-2 at Mount Lebanon. Hampton defeated Shaler 4-1 at Frozen Pond. Penn Trafford fell to Franklin Regional at Center Ice 6-2, sorry, 6-5 in that contest. Quaker Valley defeated South Fayette 2-1. Armstrong defeating Shaler 4-2 at Frozen Pond. Greater Latrobe 7-0 over Hempfield at Kirk Nevin Arena. The rookie netminder, I believe, is one of his first couple things. Vinny Amatucci finished 31-31 of in saves for the Wildcats in that contest. And Armstrong fell to West Allegheny 11-2 at the RMU Island Sports Center. Baldwin defeated Hempfield 5-1 at Kirk Nevin Arena. And then we move into this. We already moved into this week. Meadville 5-1 over Quaker Valley at the Meadville Area Recreational Complex. That is the back at you for the loss opening night at Barrel Ice Complex. Plum defeating Hampton 9-7 at Frozen Pond. Greater Latrobe 7-0 over Moon at Kirk Nevin Arena. Back-to-back 7-0 shutouts for Greater Latrobe. Penn Trafford 4-1 over Shaler. And Hempfield defeating Armstrong 8-5. And that game was at Frozen Pond Arena. Standings coming into week number 5 of the PIHL season. Quaker Valley 3-2 leads the Northwest with 6 points. Mars, Meadville, and Moon in chase on that division. Baldwin 4-0 lead the Southwest with West Allegheny, South Fayette, and Montour trailing them. Plum leading the Northeast with a 3-0 record on the season. Armstrong, Hampton, and Shaler following toe. Greater Latrobe 3-0 on the season. 21 goals for 2 goals against the entire season so far for those back-to-back shutouts. Franklin Regional, Hempfield, and Penn Trafford in that order. The remainder of the Southeast. Players of that, of the two weeks, I'm going to give it to Vinny Amatucci for the goaltender, sorry, the goaltender of the week for Greater Latrobe had a 31 saves in 31 opportunities in that victory over Hempfield. The player of the week is Nick Sweet of West Allegheny. Had a very strong week for the West A Indians. In AAA, the story at the quarter mark, what seems to be the quarter mark so far for this season, has been the Kiski Area Cavaliers after a season where they went one and the remainder of, the, of their games. Uh, they are now three and one on the season. They had a big victory over Indiana this past Thursday. I was there at the S&T Bank Arena 3-2 in a shootout. Uh, big contest for the Cavaliers. But whenever you look at it, very strong effort for the Cavaliers against Bishop McCord in the Open. Uh, they weren't unable to finish off, of course, the Crushers at that time. But the Crushers have seemed a little more mortal than the last couple seasons, so we'll see how they play out this season. Back-to-back shutouts against Swickley Academy and Freeport for the Cavaliers show that they are in effect. And I believe the uh, starting goaltender, Eric Pitica, stopped, I believe, 50 of 52, or I believe, no, 48 of 50 in that win over Indiana, including both shots in, sorry, all three shots in the shootout. So the Kiski Cavaliers are one to watch in single A. Uh, we're going to look at the statistics right now for the last couple weeks. I'm sorry, st- the, week, the weeks that were in single A. Kiski, of course, shutting out Freeport 4 nothing at Center Race Arena. Thomas Jefferson over South Park 7-1 at Ice Castle. Bishop McCourt losing to Norwin. Bigger, not a, a large upset, but Norwin's shown a lot better effort this year than the last couple years, so it's going to be a big season for the Knights to show that there's, they should be thought of to move up. They're the seventh biggest team in the entire PIHL when it comes to attendance, so to be able to move out of single A would look good for the Norwin Knights in the next couple seasons. Blackhawk defeated Swickley Academy 4-2 at the RME Island Sports Center, the Colonial Rink. Fox Chapel with that 17-2 victory over Wheeling Catholic at Alpha. Brady's run saw North Catholic defeat Blackhawk 7-4. Indiana defeated Wheeling Park 10-7 at S&T Bank Arena. 
Greensburg-Salem 12-1 over Wheeling Catholic. Wheeling Catholic having a rough start to the season, getting outscored 29-3 so far, and that was at Kirk Nevin Arena. Beaver defeating Swickley Academy 3-2 at Brady's Run. Chartiers Valley defeating T Thomas Jefferson 3-1. This was a nice little matchup. Logan Marnick had a terrific game by what I heard from our contributor Ed Major down at the ice, at Mount Lebanon Ice Center. South Park defeated North Hills 4-0 at the Island. No score from Wheeling Catholic and Swickley Academy. I heard through the grapevine that there were ice issues, so they postponed that game. Norwin defeated Fox Chapel at Alpha Ice Complex 4-3. North Catholic defeated Beaver 7-0 at the Island at the UMC UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex, the 66 Arena. The Ice Castle Arena saw South Park defeat Freeport 4-2. Kiski defeating Indiana in a shootout on Thursday 3-2. Your standings coming out of this week of the weeks that were coming into the next week. It is North Catholic leading the Northwest 3-0, 6 points for the Trojans. Blackhawk, Beaver, and Swickley Academy following suit. Swickley Academy 0-5 on the season. South Park leading the Southwest 3-1 are the Eagles. Thomas Jefferson at 2-1. Chartiers Valley, North Hills follow in tow. Indiana leading the Northeast 3-0-0 and 1 in that, of course, that overtime shootout loss to Kiski area. Seven points for the Indians. Kiski 3-1 just right behind them, one point behind them. Fox Chapel with three points are in third place and Freeport 1-3 on the season, two points for the Yellow Jackets. Norwin leading the Southeast. Perfect 4-0 record on the season for the Knights. Big, big start for the season for them. The Bishop McCourt Crushers, 2-0-0-1 with an overtime loss. They have five points. Greensburg-Salem with three points is in third. And Green and Westmont Hilltop with two points is trailing them all. And in the Wheeling Division, both teams are 0-1 Wheeling Park, 0-2 Wheeling Catholic on the season. Goaltender Eric Pettica, of course, of those Kiski Cavaliers, the senior, went 2-0 in the last two weeks. He has a 940 save percentage on the season with a shutout against Freeport. And, of course, that previous shutout against Wickley Academy, so two on the season. And a 3-2 victory over Indiana, he stopped 57 of 59 shots on the contest. So he's our goaltender of the week. Jacob Dolly is our player of the week from Norwin. He had three goals and four assists in the week that was. Uh, power play goal against Bishop McCourt. The game goal, goal gave him a chance to give them the uh, lead late in the third. And the game-winning assist against the Crushers in overtime on the 14th. So big, Matt, big uh, play for the Norwin senior is your player of the week. In Class B, the big story has been the Elizabeth Forward Warriors return to the ranks of the varsity level in the Open Division, and they're 2-0 and to start the season. I mean, it may not seem like a lot to say 2-0. and uh, Of course, they played their first game on opening night, but it was postponed due to fog on the ice, so they moved along and ended up going to Trinity, last week, and defeated the Hillers 6-4 at Princecape Arena. A uh, big contest for them, where the Hillers were giving them so many fits at that given time. And then they went on to defeat the Elizabeth Four, sorry, the, the Connellsville Falcons 7-6 in that restarted game at Ross Traver Ice Garden in their, what they refer to as their home opener 2.0. So the Elizabeth Forward, uh, coached by NHL player John Zeiler now officially 2-0 and in the division so congratulations to them to start the season we're going to get right into the standing I'm sorry into the scores that were for the last couple weeks Nishanik defeating McDowell 13-0 at Hess Ice Arena 
Ross Traver Ice Garden. Ringgold defeated Carrick 6-5. Connellsville defeating Bishop Canavan 2-1 at Ice Castle Arena. EF, of course, defeating Trinity in my coverage a couple weeks ago. Uh, 6-4 at Princescape Arena. Ringgold defeating Connellsville at the Ice Mine 7-1. Morgantown defeating Bishop Canavan 5-3 at Morgantown Ice. Ringgold 8-0 over Bishop Canavan at Ice Castle's trackside rink. Then that was 7-6. Elizabeth Ford defeated Connellsville at Ross Traver in that restarted game. Nishanik defeated Avonworth 8-1. Watch out for those Lancers. They are on fire right now. Morgantown 3-2 over Trinity. Wilmington 7-3 over McDowell at Mercyhurst Ice. And Bishop Canavan getting their first win on the season over Burl 6-4 at the Ice Castle Arena. Standings going into week Number five in Class B look like this in the north. And Shanick runs the north right now. 4-0 and oh on the season. Eight points leads the way. 32 goals for five goals against. Goaltending at a premium for the Lancers. Central Valley in second place with a 2-0 and oh record. Wilmington, Avonworth, McDowell, and Burl follow things up. In the south, Ringgold leads the way. 4-0. and oh. Eight points for the Rams, Morgantown, and Bishop Canavan in second with four points each. Then everybody else has two points. Sorry, four points. Elizabeth Forward, Carrick, Connellsville, and Trinity have two points each. The, the website for the PIHL hasn't updated that Elizabeth Forward, Connellsville score yet, but we do have that based off of the Twitter results. Thank you guys from the EF Twitter for giving us those updates. Big things going on in Class B. Chad DeGrone started all three games for the Ringgold Rams that last two weeks. So he's our goaltender of the week. He had 435 of 40 saves against Carrick in the win over the Cougars. And then you saw him go and play against Connellsville in a 7-1 victory. And shutting out Bishop Canavan, 8-0. Stopped 15-15 and 17-16 in those two games. So Joe, Chad DeGrone is our player of the week and our, our goaltender of the week, I'm sorry, our player of the week doesn't stray far from that same locker room. It is Nathan Todd. Nathan Todd in the last two weeks, eight goals, two assists for 10 points after opening the season with a five-point effort against Morgantown. He had a, four goals and two assists against Canavan, three goals against Connellsville, and Carrick went Got a goal against the Cougars that day. So Nathan Todd is our player of the week in Class B. Big story in AAA this season has been this goaltending and the uh, the resurgence of goaltenders who were backups in previous due, uh, starters and now are getting an opportunity to show what they can do at the varsity level. And um, last couple weeks we've seen stories like Joey Nelson and Tyler Boyles unfold. Uh, Nelson got a shot out against Butler and Boyles went in for North Allegheny last week against Peters and was able to shut them out in his varsity debut. And then he went up against Upper St. Clair where he stopped 33 of 37 and defeated the Panthers 5-4. So, you know, you get an opportunity like that and jump in. And, of course, you got underclassmen like Mario Iafrate, uh Cole Hoffman for Seneca Valley. Uh, he got hurt in the opening game but ended up coming back and being able to play in his follow-up game. Um, players like Jacob Dold for Central Catholic, a freshman. Um, Zavola from Bethel Park, who came in and played an inspiring effort against the Cannon McMillan Big Macs and stopping 18 of 20 in that victory over Cannon McMillan. <laughs> you just look at those opportunities for these players, and it's been great to see over the last couple weeks and you know, continue to watch this. You know, seeing how they develop. And uh, Jake Fisher of Upper St. Clair has gotten some time in uh, two games of time for USC. So <laughs> you get this opportunity to see these players. I remember watching Jake Fisher last year for the uh, Pittsburgh Predators U15 squad. So, you know, you get the opportunity to see these players play. And it, it's definitely good to see. Um, so that's what we got to look forward to in Triple A this season. And as for 
what matters in the last week that was for AAA, the senior circuit, as you must, if at this point, on Monday, October 14th, Peters Township blanked Butler 5-0, Seneca Valley over Mount Lebanon also 5-0. They were at Mount Lebanon Ice for Seneca Valley, Mount Lebanon, Frozen Pond for Peters Township Butler. At Princecape Arena, Bethel Park defeated Cannon McMillan 4-2. Butler fell to Cathedral Prep at the Mercyhurst Ice Center on October 17th, 3-4. Barrel Ice Complex. The North Allegheny Tigers defeated Central Catholic 7-4 at the Barrel Ice Complex. Um, then, of course, on Monday, we had a postponed game, of course, for Jack Schoenig. The uh, Pine Ridge and Rams were set to host the Cathedral Prep Ramblers, and that game will be postponed. Pine Richland has only played one game this season thus far. They will open up their second game of the season at Mount Lebanon Ice on Monday, and that will be a big contest for them. Uh, Central Catholic and Butler, 6-1 to one victory for Central Catholic at Frozen Pond. Cannon McMillan, 5-3 over Mount Lebanon. North Allegheny defeated Peters Township. That game was on Facebook Live for the Pittsburgh Hockey Digest crowd. On Tuesday, I was on the call with Matt Geica. That was a 3-0 victory for the Tigers over the Indians. Seneca Valley defeated Bethel Park 2-1 at the Spencer Valley YMCA. And then on Thursday, North Allegheny defeated Upper St. Clair 5-4 at the Barrel Ice Complex. Standings going into week number five go like this. Only one division in AAA. So the North Allegheny Tigers are the defending champions, leading that division 4-0 and with eight points. Seneca Valley, second place, three games, 3-0, six points. Peters Township, Cannon, Mack, both with 3-1 and one records, give you six points there apiece. Bethel Park, Upper St. Clair, 2-2 two two each, four points apiece. Central Catholic, two and two, four points. Also in that con in that discussion right now, Cathedral Prep, one, two, oh and one, three points for the Ramblers. Mount Lebanon, one and four to start the season. They're the first team out right now. Pine Richland has the one overtime loss to Seneca Valley on their record from the beginning of the year, their only game of the season. Gonna have to play catch up for the Rams. Butler 0-5 to start the season. So that's what we got to look at there. But alas, our goaltender of the week is actually coming from a team that lost both games this past in the last two weeks, and that is Butler. Connor Strobel had a heck of a had a heck of a week that was two weeks that was where he stopped a ton of shots in his losses, but none of those losses were on him. So he had started two games in the week, got the game off on the 21st against Central Catholic. He stopped 47 of 52 against Peters Township and then stopped 44 of 48 against Cathedral Prep in week number three. So he got the week number four game off against Central Catholic. But... Uh, you can't fault him for any of this because that was a terrific effort, and uh, his coach was gleaming after Maverick was gleaming after his game. So uh, you know, there's nothing you can say about that. He, he a plus saves all around for Connor, and we're able to give him the player of the two weeks there in Triple A. Don't go past first place North Allegheny for your player of the week. Your goaltender of the week, of course, was Connor Strobel. The player of the week is Tyler Lamarck. In his three games in that time frame, he scored three goals and had five assists for the North Allegheny Tigers, including a power play goal, three power play assists, and a log of different goals for the North Allegheny Tigers. So that is your player of the week is Tyler Lamarck, number eight from North Allegheny. We're going to move into our actual Triple uh, A travel team coverage now. We're going to talk a little bit about the teams, the, how they played around in the last two weeks. Uh, big week for the S-Mark Stars, U18s. They went 
and one. Six oh and one. I don't have an, a score from the October's twenty seventh game, today's game, uh, available for me. But big wins. Uh, tie against the Amherst Knights in the opener of the tournament in Detroit. I believe it's a Motown tournament. Uh, six and one over Okanagan. Michigan Hockey Advancement, a 1-0 win over them. Buffalo Regals defeated them 3-1. Team Illinois, 3-2 victors. 4-2 over the Kingston Junior Gales. And the Cleveland Barons, 2-1 victories over the Barons. In that, Of course, that was today, I mean, yesterday's game against the Cleveland Barons in Cleveland. The U-16s. Went 3-3 three and three over that same span. A 2-1 victory over Tri-State. A loss of 2-0 to MDHL. The Pittsburgh Predators headed up to Michigan with them. Defeated the Predators 4-2. 5-3 victors over Michigan Hockey Advancement. The Vaughn Kings defeated them 3-1. As well as the Cleveland Barons today. I'm sorry, yesterday. I'm waiting for the scores for the other games. Moving on to the Pittsburgh Vengeance. The premier squad had a big couple weeks. They defeated, I'm looking at the scores from the 19th, 20th. They defeated the Buffalo Thunder 4-3 to at the Categorias Community Center, then had three games at home at Alpha Ice Complex where they defeated the Buffalo Thunder 12-2, to the Toledo Cherokee 5-2, to and, and the Toledo Cherokee once again 9-3. to That was today at Alpha Big 4-0 span for the Vengeance, who are currently on a twelve game win streak for the Pittsburgh Vengeance so far. So <laughs> if you haven't a chance to get down to the Alpha Ice Complex, go and check that out. Wow. Good job for the Pittsburgh Vengeance so far. The U18 Penguins Elite went 0-2-1 on the last couple weeks. Uh, they lost to the Buffalo Junior Sabres at, in Connecticut, 4-1. A tie with South Kent Academy in that same tournament, and then played the New Jersey, the North Jersey Avalanche, and lost 4-1 in that contest. The U16s tied the Buffalo Junior Sabres 2-2. The Selects Academy defeated. Well, sorry, they defeated the Selects Academy five nothing in that same tournament in Connecticut and lost to the New Jersey Avalanche one to four. The the U nineteen girls started to get the major part of their schedule going and they were in Fraser Hockey Land, uh, Utica Road in Michigan. They defeated. Sorry, they opened it up against the. Chatham Cougars on October 19th, uh, and they defeated the Cougars 7-0. Uh, they had the OHL, OHA team Tardif lost to them 4-2 against the Kitchener Rangers. They also lost 4-2. They tied the Whitby, Whitby Junior Wolves and then lost to the OHA Juniors 7-1. And the North York Juniors, they were able to pull off a tie. A shout-out to the Steel City Selects. Of course, they uh, are second tier. I believe that's what they refer to it as. The Tier 2 Girls Hockey Club. They went 2-2 two and two in New York this past week. Uh, Casanova Lady Chiefs, they defeated them 6-1 and 4-2. And then tied and lost to the Rochester Edge 2-2 two, two, and 3 nothing in that tournament up there in New York. With that being said, we're going to bring in Matt Mamros now for his Around the Region coverage. He's going to talk about a little bit of the week that was for Robert Morris men, women, and everything else in the region. This is our renamed Headwater segment. So here, without further ado, here is Matt Mamros. All right, now coming into a new segment here at the PhD Podcast. It is now referred to, it was Headwaters with Matt Mamros. We are rebranding it. We're giving him an opportunity to talk a little bit more about things that are going on in the region with our teams around the area. Um, it is now Around the Region with Matt Mamros. Matt, how's it going, buddy? 
good. Uh, I see I got the soft reboot this week, but that, that's fine. It's the same same dude here, so that's, that's all good. Yeah, Matt, so uh, what do you got? You were in some interesting places the last couple weeks. Uh, you want to lead us in let us know where you've been and you know what you saw? Yeah, and I, I probably shouldn't travel as much as I used to. It's getting, starting to get a little bit expensive here. Uh, but uh, the, yesterday, let's uh, let's go ahead and start with the women's ice hockey team because that was that was yesterday. That's the best rush for me. So we were uh, myself, Justin Burrow, and two other uh, fanboys went up to Cornell University to see number eight Robert Morris take on number five Cornell in their their Ivy League debut. Um, was Friday night in which. Pretty much everybody that I was talking to up there were was very, very impressed by Robert Morris, even though they got shot out six to nothing, especially with the way that uh Reagan Kirk played, keeping it a two uh two goal game going into the third period, and then Cornell just kind of exploded for, for four goals in the uh the first ten minutes of the third period and before um Bolly made made her season debut for the Colonials on Friday night, that was a 6 nothing loss to Cornell. Uh, Swickley native Batty Mills scored the first goal in a two-goal effort for number 5 Cornell that night, and she chalked up an assist in a 3 to nothing win that was a lot closer than what the score said it was on uh, on Saturday when we were up there. Uh, Cornell, if you've ever seen the campus, it looks like Hogwarts. It is huge, and uh, it is it is more healing than Robert Morris, so... That was uh, that was my takeaways from from Cornell, but the girls looked really really strong. They had about two really good scoring chances from uh, Angelica Diffendel and a really strong scoring chance from both Emily Curlett and Courtney uh, Coleman, but they just couldn't get any to go home this weekend, so they were shut out in a uh, series of six to nothing in a three to nothing game against Cornell this weekend. We we made a mention while we were sitting around one day at the rink and we were talking to we were talking about Courtney Coleman and she's uh she's one of those prime to break out players this year. Uh she she seems like she's getting all the opportunities she can out there and it's just not, you know, almost snake bitten where she's not getting able to get them in net. But <laughs> when she gets one, she just seems like she's going to get several. When she gets one, it, it, it's going to be similar to, to Joe whenever she was a freshman. She gets one, then it seems like it's a regular score sheet occurrence. So we'll we'll see what happens with that one. But I'm I'm definitely cheering for Courtney. That, that's my breakout player of the year. Mm-hmm. And she she jumped lines, uh, jumped from the fourth line up to the second, and a uh, little bit of action on the third line this weekend with uh, Natalie Marcuse and Maggie Burbich. And they 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 uh, jump the power play around a little bit, a little bit different look than uh, what we were used to seeing in, the, in their first series. This is the first road series for the girls, and uh, they'll they'll bounce back from that for sure. We got Penn State coming up this Friday and Saturday for the Halloween games this weekend. So uh, wear your costumes and stuff. You're gonna see me on Friday, but you won't see me on Saturday. I've got a tournament up in Erie that I'm gonna be calling. We'll be talking about that a little bit later on the podcast. For now, we're gonna, you know. I'll, I'll explain it in a couple minutes about that. But anyway, Mr. Mamros. Uh, you will see me at both games this weekend. I, I would not expect any other, anything but. So, uh, Yes, <laughs> yes. I don't have to get out of work early for this one either, so that's uh, fantastic. Yeah. the uh, Of course, now we're going to talk about the your other trip, This you know, the trip that led to the trip to uh, Cornell. Yes, the, the pre-trip. The, uh, the Penn State trip, uh, Robert Morris men's ice hockey at Penn State, number 12, mm-hmm. in uh, – Honestly, I was expecting a sellout shoulder to shoulder crowd was not that way up there. Uh I guess non conference play is, is pretty like that, but uh also parking in, in Penn State. If you guys are ever trying to find a parking spot, yeah, good good luck. Good luck to <laughs> I, anybody I, that wants I to make that. I concur that. I can concur concur with that statement. I've even had problems with parking for women's games up there. it's insane. Oh yes. I, I did find the secret though. This is the pro tip of the week. The baseball field where the state college spikes play, it wraps around the entire outfield. If you go into the little ballpark where, like, the security guards park and everything, nobody's ever parking there, and it's and free. I had so, issues. Uh, I remember I was there for a – I don't know if it was a men or – I think it was a women's game, and, uh, and the football team was at home. <laughs> so, trust me when I say it, it's insane. So, yeah, yeah, anyway – and then we get into the rink. How about on that ice? Yeah, I mean, this was this was probably the most complete game 
we saw Robert Morris play this year, and I and even though it was a two to one loss, this was probably the most complete game I've seen them play all year. And it was physical. The refs let play go until until of course it cost them. But uh, they they let play go. It was a nice flow game, very physical, very very speed and skill based game. But uh, we had a two. Or I'm sorry, they lost three to two. You know what? We had a. Uh, we had a two-two game going into the third period, in which uh, former Robert Morris commit uh, Connor McEachern scored the first goal of the game. Mm-hmm. Or say uh, something he didn't do in Youngstown. Usually he was a one-trick pony where he would just they'd set him up for the stamp kind of shot at the top of the corner and he would snipe it. But uh, he had the he tipped the point from the bot or point shot from the bottom of the circle past. Justin Kappelmaster, who is now leading the NCAA in both saves and save percentage, I believe. Wow. This is a story on the island, too. You know, you look at it last year, and I know I'll probably hear about it from Coach Schooley or somebody about bringing this up, but last year's performance against Penn State at the island, um, coming into this year and actually being able to, you know, the way they play them this year is uh, remarkable. I mean, I was following along on Twitter, and I was was, uh, excited. Like, we've been talking about how this team looks good they just you know they have to start yeah, pulling together yeah. and start to gel you know, when, when penn state comes to ppg later this year i i look for robert morris to split the series i really do after seeing that game and just seeing what that defense is i mean he went he went with a speed lineup he um he took some of the bigger kids out of the lineup and went mostly speed we had nick perkusic and uh grant Abair return to the ice this week which was a huge, huge uh, lift for the team, and Grant scored the first goal for Robert Morris. Grant Haybear got the first so goal for Robert Morris. I mean, you're good to see them back, and uh, you know that's you got a bunch of those players back, and now you know you got two of your captains returning into it. Now you know you're still waiting on Man. So you got one of your captains returning, still waiting to see what Man Nuno comes back in the lineup. But uh, they're yes, playing. I, I expect that to be after this off weekend. They're, they're off this weekend, and then I believe they go on the road. Mm-hmm. I could be incorrect about that. I, I probably should have looked that up, but uh, I believe they're off this weekend on the road next weekend. We can we can confirm that later. But uh, they I think are, the girls are having this against Penn State. They are on. They are at home the following weekend on the ninth. They are the against Canisius. Ninth, uh, wait, is it? It's a split series. They're at Canisius and then at home against Canisius. The eighth and the ninth of November this weekend. They are. Off this weekend, yes. The women are at home. Yeah, Penn State this weekend. So first Penn State, yeah. yeah. And then they have, then they go on the road. Gauntlet. I'm pretty sure they're at Lindenwood. Um, they're at somebody else. Then they're at RPI. Like it, it's gonna be a while before the girls come back. Yeah, the women the are off for a while. They're at Lindenwood. Then they're, yeah, the men are at. Bentley, I'm sorry. At can I believe that's yeah, Bat Bentley on the 16th, the 15th, 16th. And then the women are off that weekend, so yeah, <laughs> could be a while before you see them anybody back at the island for a while. So yeah, so that. I might actually go try to get some action up at uh, the Harbor Center and go see Robert Morris play Canisius College. I think that'll mm-hmm. be pretty sweet. Um, it's always a fun trip to go up there. Oh, absolutely! The the, the eating's great. The uh, the parking sucks, but uh, other than that. It is fine. It is it is a great building. If you've ever been to the Harbor Center, I highly suggest checking that out. Yeah, it's a fun place. Let's fun place. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go down to Wheeling. Their home opener was yesterday. Or yeah, yeah, yesterday mm-hmm. was their hockey fight, cancer, and their home opener. And uh, the roster's already getting picked apart in Wheeling. So go yeah. figure. You start getting uh, the injuries. Several AHL call ups. Several injuries. Um, Alex DeOrio, a draft pick of the Penguins, started in. That game, they beat Reading, the Reading Royals, which is, uh, I think it's Philadelphia's affiliate. I want to say that is Philadelphia's affiliate, but uh, they beat they beat them three to one uh, this this weekend at the Hockey Fights Cancer game. So that was good to see that. My buddy was down there. He said Wheeling looked incredible. I would I would read his text message over the air, but it is filled with explicitness. So um, <laughs> he he gets pretty excited about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then Youngstown, last time we talked to Youngstown, we talked about the Chicago Seal Series, which they got blown out in. 
mm-hmm. uh, the school day game and the Sunday game. Alex Bridges' debut. He played four games in Youngstown. He's on the move now. He is going back to the Canadian Hockey League. He's going, he's to, going to he's going to the queue uh, for the Huskies, the Memorial Cup champions. So the we will ruin Noranda Huskies in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. I, I know, I know. We talked about it before we came on, and we were uh, kind of. He played one game. He had a penalty and is a minus one so far. For the for the Huskies, for, for the Huskies, okay, okay. Yep. But hey, he's getting playing time. He'll be in there a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to uh, talk to the Youngstown office right now to get the, uh, the the Phantoms have gold anniversary jerseys, which the logo or the the jerseys black and silver, mm-hmm. all golded out numbers and all golded out Youngstown Phantoms. And I'm I'm trying to uh, acquire that piece for my collection, so we will yeah, we'll anybody, see if I can get that one. Anybody that has listened to the podcast or knows anything about uh, Matt Mamros is he has an extensive jersey collection, and it's insane the number of pieces that he has in that collection. So we're gonna work along with Which that. Which it's uh, I'm trying to thin it out a little bit, you know, get rid of some of the Chinese stuff. But uh, no, if anybody ever wants to see it, we will have an exclusive piece eventually. It's it's coming. It is coming. Uh, secret upset. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's see what else we got here. I guess I think that's all I got actually. Yeah, because we we talked about what's coming up. So I'm pretty sure that's everything I got. Oh no, never mind. We didn't go to Erie. We didn't, go, we didn't talk Erie yesterday. Knights, Otters, the the most intense rivalry of the uh, the Ontario Hockey League. The uh, London Knights came to Erie. Um, Five to five game going into overtime. We, we the goal was to try to make it back to Erie after Cornell to catch the action on some of that game because it was a seven thirty start. Though we'd missed the first period, that did not happen. Um, it was very ambitious. Did not happen. But uh, Aiden Campbell came in in the third period after they relieved uh, Daniel Murphy, the starter, and he ended up going ten for ten saves plus the shootout victory over London. So that was, that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Is that all you got for us this week, Mr. Mamros? I, I believe so. We'll have we'll have some more stuff next weekend when uh, Chantel Burke and the Indy Lions come to the island for some women's ice hockey. All right. That is Matt Mamros. I am Brian Mitchell. We'll be back on the PhD podcast. Always appreciate having Matt on the show brings a lot to the table that maybe we can't get out to get and he he appreciates it and he understands what's exactly going on in the world of berg hockey so thanks again to matt mamros for bringing it in um a couple things i want to go over before we get into the acha recap from of course ed major i am playing his last two weeks back to back because unfortunately i was unable to record last week and we discussed why earlier in the show, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. I did do some news and notes after I was done with the uh, a game against the Clarkson Golden Knights, I believe, on Friday at the island. I stood around and I stayed and I watched the uh, first period of Duquesne Robert Morris. I wasn't able to come the next day, but I was able to check out and see how that contest played out. Now, you know what? I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's a fresh pace of play compared to your normal NCAA ice hockey where you're more skilled and, you know, players are, you know, brought in for their skill and their speed. You know, these guys are a little bit more chippy. Uh, The grinding is definitely there in the league. It is fun to watch. I was able to watch Robert Morrison do Kane and just see what it was all about. And, you know, the intensity on the players was just as fun as an NCAA game. And to be able to watch it on a, a, you know, the Olympic rink, was just a bonus on top of it. So, um, very good good contest between the two. Ed Major, of course, covers all of our ACHA coverage. I'm hoping to slide into that for a little bit here and there. Uh, no guarantees. I can't even handle what I have right now, so we'll see how that plays out. But uh, without further ado, here is Ed Major and his ACHA recap from the weeks that were. Welcome back to another Major Focus ACHA Recap. I am Ed Major. You can find me on Twitter at EdMajorPhoto. 
I apologize for my absence last weekend. I was uh, out of town. I tried my best to kind of keep up, keep up with things, keep up to date with things, but I was unable to to get my recap into the podcast last weekend. But I am back to fill you in on all of the exciting action over the last couple of days, which it, it was pretty exciting. You had West Virginia hosting Eastern Michigan for a weekend series Friday and Saturday. They took both of those games 4-1. to one. Local Thomas Jefferson product Hayden Hinnemeyer had five points total over that weekend. They will play today, uh, th- this is Sunday, again up at Mercyhurst attempting to get their first conference win of the season. Speaking of Mercerhurst, you had IUP hosting Mercerhurst on Friday. They took that win easily 6-2, to two, as expected. Furthermore, on Friday, you had Slipper Rock hosting Pitt, and Robert Morris hosting Duquesne. Now, I, uh, I did put out a poll on Twitter asking you guys where you wanted to see me go to for that. Unfortunately, I was unable to make either of those games, but looks like I missed some exciting ones as Slippery Rock, Slippery Rock beat Pitt 6-5. to Pitt was on a... Th- on a six-game winning streak, they started the season six and zero. Oh. Slippery Rock was on a three-game losing streak, but they took that win six to five, getting a conference win and and halting Pitt's winning streak for now. Robert Morris really took it to the, du- to the Duquesne Dukes, beating them seven to four at the Island Sports Center. I can't say that was a surprising score there. Saturday, you had Slipper, you had Slippery Rock going up to Frozen Pond Arena to play an exhibition game against Chatham, and uh, well, uh, they they got things handed to them a little bit. Chatham came out with the nine to two victory with, with a split squad team. They're uh, they split their team into two squads. Their first squad played up through the halfway point of the second period, and they came out. They did a brief five-minute intermission, no ice cut or anything, but they switched their squads, and and even their B even their B team, as, as I called it at the time, looked just as good as their A team. So, so that was that score from Frozen Pond Arena. Today's game that I thought was going to be played between Chatham and Ohio will now be rescheduled for the 29th, I was told. Uh, Again, on Saturday, you also had Pitt hosting Robert Morris. And Pitt took that game by a score of 4-1. to So Pitt getting back on track and giving Robert Morris their first conference loss of the season. The other the other news we've got the Pitt women's team on they played a weekend series Saturday and Sunday at the Mercyhurst Lakers. Mercyhurst defeated Pitt fourteen to four. That's the the D two women's team. So Pitt women have struggling a little bit as of late. But uh, if we go into the standings here, the conference standings. You have Robert Morris with, with that loss to Pitt. They fall to to four and one in conference play. Still, uh, still in control of the division with eight points. IUP sitting at four and zero oh with eight points in the conference as well. Duquesne, or uh, sorry, Slipper Rock has three points. They're one one and one. Virtue of that overtime loss to Duquesne last weekend gave them that extra point. That puts them over Duquesne. Duquesne is one and two with two points, and Pittsburgh is one and one with two points. You've got three teams in the conference that have no wins. West Virginia is zero and three. We'll see if they can get that win today, Sunday against Mercyhurst, who is zero and two, and then John Carroll zero and one. They've only played one conference game so far. Their next conference game is is next week on the twenty sixth against at home against Duquesne. So coming up next weekend we've got uh we've only got one conference game next weekend, but we've got a lot of non conference, a lot of local action. Pitt will be at home for a weekend series against Toledo. IUP will host Alabama for the weekend series Friday and Saturday. Robert Morris will host Canisius and Slippery Rock will host Cornell, that is, just on Friday. They they do not play on Saturday. 
see what what other games am I missing here. You've got Duquesne hosting John Carroll on Saturday and hosting Toledo at 11.30 a.m. on Sunday. Those are both at Alpha Ice Complex. And then, of course, on that Sunday, you have Pitt Women hosting Buffalo at Oh, that game is at Ross Traver Ice Complex at 1.30 p.m., so a little bit different than their typical home games, usually at Alpha. But uh, that'll do it for this weekend's major focus. I'll try to get back into the swing of things next weekend. Hopefully I'll get out to to more games. So, But uh, I guess for now, I will sign off and send it back to you, Mitch. Welcome back, Burke Hockey fans. If you've been missing these updates the last couple weeks, do I got some good news for you this weekend. Was a bit of a crazy one. You had, let's just let's just jump right in. Friday night you had Toledo coming out to Pitt to, for a two-game series and then, a, and then a third game on Sunday against Duquesne. But let's start with that Toledo-Pitt game. Friday night you had... Pitt jumping out to a 3-1 lead after one, a 5-4 lead after two, and ending up with the 9-5 victory, featuring two hat-tricks in that game from the Pitt Panthers. Sunday was a bit of a closer game. I personally wasn't at that one, but I hear it was a 3-2 Pitt win. So Pitt jumping out to a 9-1 start this season. So very impressive start for the Panthers considering that a year ago today they were in the middle of an eight-game losing streak. So Coach Stu Rolnick has definitely turned this team around in, in that one season. And and they're really on a roll beating some quality opponents. They're currently ranked number 25th in the nation. Moving on down, you have IUP hosted Alabama for a weekend series. They took both of those games. The scores were 5-4 to four and 6-4. to four. So the Crimson Hawks really really doing just about as well as the Pitt Panthers and, and about, as, about as well as the Robert Morris Colonials, who also swept Canisius this season, or the, this weekend, sorry, by a score of 7-4 to four and 3-1. to one. Those were Friday and Saturday matchups, so... You have Pitt, IUP, and Robert Morris all sweeping their opponents this weekend and just proving that they are the teams to be reckoned with in the conference. Moving on down, you had Duquesne. They had a Saturday night and a Sunday morning. Kind of kind of a doubleheader. The first game Saturday night against John Carroll, Sunday morning against Toledo. They fell to John Carroll 8-4 to in a, a very surprising game. It, it, was, it was a very unlikely play from from starting goaltender Wade Conlin. Duke's defense just did not help him out at all much in that game, so they fell 8-4 to to John Carroll as the Blue Streaks got their first conference win. Sunday morning, they came back out and used the University of Toledo Rockets as a punching bag. <laughs> when you lose 8-4, to you're probably a little angry, so they used Toledo to, to work out some of that frustration to the tune of 10-5. to Freshman forward uh, Hayden Feck scored four goals in that Sunday morning game. Just an unbelievable performance up and down their roster by the Duquesne Dukes. Just total dominant performance really coming back from especially when you play an eight o'clock game on Friday night and you have to wake up Sunday morning to play another game that that could get a little tough so Duquesne definitely showed some grit showed some poise definitely showed how, how they wish they had to play it on Friday night but a nice 10 to 5 score for them definitely gets their confidence up and uh, trying to find, I think I think that's about it. Actually, the the Pitt women's team is currently playing a game versus Buffalo down at Ross River Ice. I don't have that score for you, but I will try to get it for you later tonight. And and hopefully, um, hopefully Mitch can get it into the podcast or or let you guys know somehow. In in any event, follow me on Twitter for any of those updates as well as updates on the CHMA and ACHA in general. Find me on Twitter at EdMajorPhoto. I am Major Focus, and that'll do it for your ACHA update for this weekend. Back to you, Mitch. Thanks again to Ed Major for working with us for being off one week. I accidentally had him send it in without knowing that I wasn't going to be recording this week, so he didn't have the ability to <laughs> not have to worry about it. So we're able to play both of them for you back-to-back, -back, and he is able to 
work with you and tell you everything that was in the ACHA. I appreciate everything we do. Uh, a couple housekeeping notes that I want to discuss. Um, next week, we should have our first feature with what we will now refer to as our Headwaters Comes Home segment with Kaz Monchek. He will be joining us with an update every week on our podcast. Um, he contacted me and discussed about some an opportunity he wanted to do, and his grade going to depend on it. So <laughs> you're going to get some interesting feedback about players that are away from the area. He's going to give us some updates that we're going to talk about. And we're just going to have a nice little discussion. I love what we have with Matt Mamros coming in. I'm hoping that we can get uh, Gary Heeman back in the next couple weeks. He's been very busy. He's our Robert Morris men's writer, and he knows more about Robert Morris than everybody except for Derek Schooley. So he has been very busy with his new job, so we're hoping we can get him back in the fold. Um, and I think in the next couple weeks, I also want to sit down and talk to uh, Liam Cavanaugh of the RMU women's team about Never Give Up Radio and a couple of his startups that he's been working on with that. That's been a big factor with me, of course. Uh, if you know anything about me, uh, mental health and the hockey community go hand in hand with me. And it's one of those things that has been the reason why I do it is because it makes me a better person and gives me an outlet to be creative with and try different things and, you know, getting to know the psychology of the game and everything has been huge to be able to watch it on the outside. So that's something that I would uh, pay attention to in the next couple weeks. Uh, I know Coach's Corner hasn't been around. Going to try to rectify that tomorrow. I've got a couple contests that I'm going to see this week. I have, unfortunately, a couple trivia shows, so I'm not going to be able to be out and about all week. I've got one day of coverage for the men's hockey, sorry, for the high school hockey team, and that will be at the Barrel Ice Complex. I will be there for Montour and Moon, followed by South Fayette and Mars at 7 and 9 tomorrow at the Barrel Ice Complex. It uh, looks like Jared Todhunter is going to be at Wheeling Park in Norwin at Center Ice Arena, and Ed Major, Westmont Hilltop, and Thomas Jefferson at Ice Castle Arena then, of course, on Tuesday and Thursday, because of the holidays and kids and such, not going to be able to get out the rest of the week. I have both shows on those days. I don't know what everybody else has up their sleeves for those. So we're trying to get out and about. Matt Geica will be on the call without me this week for both games for Peters Township. So he'll be able to take care of you uh, on those games. And I actually have a contest that I'm going to be calling in Erie this weekend. It is the Pittsburgh Broomball Club hosted North Regional, Northeastern Tournament. And it will be the big uh, mid, sorry, Mid-Atlantic Tournament. Sorry, not a Northeastern the Mid-Atlantic Tournament you've been hearing about. It is at the Erie Bank Sports Park Arena. I'll be on the call all weekend calling those contests if you ever want to check out Broomball, pittsburghbroomball.org. It has everything you need. Find Pittsburgh Broomball Club on the Facebook if you really are interested in four-game guarantee. Of course, my schedule looks nuts. We have games from 8 a.m. to 11.40 broadcasting live on Broomball Central. 
I'll be on the call on the Otters rink. And then on the UPMC rink, we will probably have a secondary feed for that. It won't be a broadcast tournament, but it would definitely be something we're looking at for that. Um, I won't be on every game, I hope, because there's 8, 8, 50, 9, 40, 10, 30, 11, 20, 12, 10, and a 1 o'clock before I'm off for a couple hours. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking I'm actually probably going to slide over after that 150 game over to Erie, uh, the Mercyhurst Ice, and check out the Mercyhurst uh, Lakers and uh, uh, Lindenwood Lions to do some you know, advanced looking at the uh, op- future opponents for Robert Morris. Then I'll be back for a 640 matchup. Then I'll probably be done around 9 or 10, and I won't be calling the last couple games because, hey, i got to be up at 8 a.m. for the next uh, for the playoffs in the morning. So um, with that being said, I would like to thank everybody for listening. Sorry again for the week off, and I hope you enjoyed our broadcast this week. My name is Brian Mitchell. I would like to thank Ed Major for his HCHA response, Matt Mamros for his around-the-region coverage that we're going to be giving him every week. Um, For all of us from Pittsburgh Hockey Digest, once again, thank you for listening. Enjoy the remainder of your evening or whatever you're doing. Good luck this week to all our teams. I will see you in the rink. Take care, guys.